Hello everyone, welcome back to the Post-Millennial Podcast. Today we're talking politics with Mr. Aaron O'Toole, who's running to be the next leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, and hopefully Prime Minister after that. So thank you for coming, welcome back to Montreal. It's good to be here. So what makes you the candidate to defeat Justin Trudeau? I'm the next generation of leadership for the Conservative Party, someone that will keep us principally conservative, coming up with new ideas facing the Canada of 2020. Um, that is me. We don't have to go back. We don't have to try and move to the to the left, as some might suggest in this race. I'm a proud conservative. I was the last cabinet minister of the Harper government. I joined that very late at the end, and I represent the future. I'm a current sitting member of parliament from the Toronto area. There's not many of those these days. We need a lot more in the suburbs of Canada. And I'm also bringing more experience than, than any leader would before. I served in the military for 12 years, private sector for 10 years. I would be the first military veteran to be prime minister in over half a century. So I think in this uh, uncertain world with lots of disruption, having someone that has real street cred in uniform in the private sector is what we need. Mm -hmm. Speaking on that note about you being the true blue conservative, you've often portrayed Peter McKay, who I think some commentators have seen as your competitor in this race as being the red Tory. Why are you the proper Conservative candidate here and Peter McKay is the red Tory? Well, I think, you know, people will judge both of us by our track records in politics. Uh, Peter's been involved uh, for over two decades. He was the last leader of the old PC party of Canada mm -hmm. 17 years ago. Um, I've only been elected seven years but it was part of the modern Conservative government of Stephen Harper and I worked my way up from a backbencher in a by-election in 2012, worked my way up the next year to Parliamentary Secretary for Trade based on my experience in the private sector, and then earned my way into Cabinet because I'd worked uh, in the military and was a veteran. I was the first Veterans Affairs Minister to be a veteran in a generation. So I kind of earned my stripes on the way up, and I'm a current MP. I'm ready to go on the on the fight against Mr. Trudeau from day one. Mm -hmm. And other campaigns, and Peter will have to talk about why we, we should go back. I'm talking about going forward. I see. I was interested that in the early days of your campaign, and possibly before it even started, you talked about preserving Canadian history and stopping council culture, for example, renaming important Canadian buildings. And I wanted to know why you think that's important. I almost think that the left has become so loud it's almost like a cultural marxism that they try and impose a viewpoint and attack those who disagree with that viewpoint and they really try and change or erase history when we should embrace history and learn from it mm. you know all politicians are flawed including me um, but sir john a Macdonald, for example did incredible things to forge together a new country here on on the north american continent um, that is turned into the best country in the world, in my view. And we should be proud about that and learn about it. Uh, I was the one who took on Justin Trudeau for taking Hector Langevin's name off of the Prime Minister's office, one of only two uh, Quebecois, or Francophone fathers of Confederation involved in all conferences leading to Canada. Uh, Trudeau stripped his name off, which was just symbolism, as opposed to actually tackling challenges facing Indigenous Canadians today. So whether it was people changing the words in our national anthem, taking down statues. I've been a voice that for many years 
has been fighting this fight against what we now know as, as cancel culture. And I'm, I'm proud as a conservative to have done that. Mm. What's happened in the last election? Why couldn't the Conservative Party win it? What, there must have been something that went wrong. I think we did not run a good campaign. We were not talking about ideas and policies for the future. I want to see conservative approach to all issues, including uh, greenhouse gas reduction, including indigenous reconciliation. We've actually got a better track record of supporting our sovereignty in the North, working with indigenous and Inuit people under uh, Prime Minister Harper. We've got a strong resource economy that can actually help indigenous Canadians with opportunity and jobs. We also have technology in carbon capture and sequestration, small modular reactors for nuclear power that are greenhouse gas emission free, but also Canadian technology. I've been talking about these things for many years, and I think as Conservatives, let's put out some strong, bold ideas and then show Canadians that we do have a plan. We have a Conservative plan to the, for the environment, a Conservative plan for reconciliation, not the virtue signaling of Justin Trudeau. I think people are getting tired of that. And we didn't make that case before the last election. We launched soft policy. We launched things very late before the election. And the Liberals portrayed us as having no policies. I think we need smart, bold, conservative ideas for 2020 and the future. And that's why I also think it's time for a new generation of leadership. Mm. Over the past few days, Canada has been rocked by these protests, which have paralyzed Canada's infrastructure. And you've been quite vocal about it. What did you think of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's response today that he wouldn't intervene on any of the injunctions and clear the tracks, for example? Um, it was a weak response by Justin Trudeau, and he's really indirectly responsible for this shutdown Canada culture that uh, that we're seeing now manifest itself on bridges, on rail lines, and and illegal protests that are really blockades. When there's a court order, an injunction. Uh, that makes it illegal. It's a blockade. It is not a form of protest. And I've, mm. I've actually been quite upset, but Trudeau created this culture through his own actions, through Bill C-69, through tanker bans, through canceling pipelines. Um, he's actually made it okay to oppose progress for the country. He's made it okay for some people to think that they can just blockade progress and, and opportunity for other Canadians. I think we have to have a prime minister that will stand up for the rule of law, stand up for jobs, in the resource sector, the softwood lumber sector, all of these people that are feeling left out in, in Justin Trudeau's description of Canada, I'm going to fight for them. Over the past few months, the CBC has come under increasing pressure. We've seen, for instance, that now less than 1% of Canadians watch their broadcasts. We've seen that they're continuing to ask for more taxpayer money despite this. And now they've asked to stop producing as much Canadian content. Do you have any plans for the CBC in your Canada? Absolutely. It's 2020. The CBC has to get with the times. It has to change. It was created in the 1930s when the early forms of radio and eventually television could connect a broad country and there was no private sector to help tell the Canadian story. The very fact that we're on a podcast being mm -hmm. hosted by a multimedia, new media company like Post Millennial show that times have changed. Should the government be subsidizing things just because that's the way it was done 50, 60, 70 years ago? I don't think so. So we're announcing uh, today a plan to radically reform and modernize the CBC. That will mean cutting CBC Digital. 
That will mean uh, eliminating half the budget of CBC English television with a view towards privatizing it over the course of a four-year government. Mm. And then those public interest portions of CBC we will preserve. So CBC Radio, which doesn't compete with the private sector because there's no commercials on it, that will be preserved. And CBC or Radio Canada in, in Quebec and other parts of the country fulfill that dual linguistic requirement. So French language services, minority language services in some parts of the country. Uh, we'd like to see that increasingly on a non-commercial basis as well. Nothing shows the lunacy of Justin Trudeau's policies. Then 600 million new money he gave to the CBC to enhance their digital a few years later, he needed to put a $600 million media bailout mm. because Toronto Star and other companies were losing digital advertising because of his own CBC increase. So over a billion dollars of dumb, old public policy. We've got to change. In my pocket, I have a phone that has a broadcasting studio. I do my own podcasts as well. Um, Canadians can stream services from around the world with the swipe of their finger. We have to realize the new realities and CBC has to realize it too. And an O'Toole government will reform and modernize the CBC. Erin O'Toole, thank you so much for coming. Great to be with you.